Welcome to another bonus episode of Boys Don't Lie, the podcast. I'm Owen Burke, here with Good. my favorite co-host, Samar Sanchez. The one and only. Shane just looked at me. He gave me a dirty look. He's sitting in the room with us today. We're going over our top ten safeties for this coming up NFL bro. season. Yes. It's about... They're not ready, man. About damn time. It's a good season. list. I have fun doing this. Yeah, it is fun. I do like doing this, too. So, before we get into today's show... Uh, obviously, you know, broken record himself over here. Got to thank the fans. I appreciate every single one of y'all. Yes, sir. Uh, I had a couple people send me the picture, like, you know, the cover up for the D-line stuff and said they really enjoyed it. And so I appreciate all y'all out there listening. All my guys out in Wichita and all my guys in Manhattan, California, everybody, every, you know. All the support that's coming in. We across the nation, yeah. Shout out to Georgia, y'all. Georgia, everywhere. I know Georgia, we Florida. Got we got Texas. Different fans and area codes. Wyoming. I think wow. I got a homeboy out in Hawaii. I think wow. I got a actually I got a homeboy in Alaska that listens to the show every once in a while too. That's yeah, tough. so we 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 know where y'all at. I appreciate every single one of y'all. Yeah, <laughs> y'all are too much, man. I don't know where we'd be That's without hard. you guys. So I appreciate every single one of you, and also a big shout out to Anchor. Obviously, none of this is possible without those guys. Uh, our show started up on a whim on like at three a.m. on a Tuesday night. You know. Mm-hmm. I talked to Shay about it one night. The next night, he was like, yeah, I found this website. I set it all up. We did everything. And the next night at 3 a.m., we was recording an episode, the pilot one. We did pilot two the next night. And eight months, ten months later, here we are. You know, that was back in February. So That was the uh, day after Valentine's Day, bro. That was crazy. It was just crazy. I mean, bro, it Anchor, was negative 27 degrees outside, Yeah, bro. we had the stove on for heat. Stove on We were struggle wrapping. It back got so cold, the damn heat. Pipes fucking froze. froze. Yeah. Like, bruh, the furnace was leaking, and then it froze, bro. It was all bad. Yeah, we had stove <laughs> on for heat back in right back in on. the first season. Yeah. yeah. So Shout out, L. Shout out to all of you guys. Out. Shout out to Anchor. Obviously, your one-stop shop for all podcast necessities. You can record everything on your phone. You can set up the show on your phone, post it on your phone, and you don't have to have a minimum listenership to make money with ads. I don't realize... I don't realize. I don't think I realize how sincere and like how serious that really is. Like some people really don't let you even put your podcast out until mm-hmm. it's a certain limit. So it's coming off the gate. You really could say your ABCs fifteen times and put it out. And yep. You could literally get call it the ABC remix. No cap. This is episode one. <laughs> Next week we're doing a reverse. All right. There you go. That's your whole That's show. Tally. I just give you right there. there. So I mean, I don't think I can do that. So, going backwards? No, I can't do it backwards. Definitely. If I ever get pulled over and a cop's like, you've been drinking tonight? I'd be like, nah. He'd be like, Sarah, ABC's backwards. I'd be like, get the handcuffs out. Of <laughs> I, I ain't doing Come. it. I can do this shit sober. Like, <laughs> I don't know oh, what you're expecting from me. That's so, different. So, yeah, like I said, big shout out to all the fans out there. Big shout out to Anchor. Before we get into today's show, Sam's going to talk about season Public two. Public service announcement from the BDL crew. Yeah. We got a couple of things. Um, <clears throat> I put it on my Twitter just a couple of days ago. If y'all missed out, my at name is Rarefied Footage. That's R-A-R-E-F-I-E-D footage, all one word. And basically, attention to all y'all, um, as we already obviously just did, thank yous, of course, first and foremost, obviously, thank you to all you guys who support us, whether it's daily, weekly, or periodically, when you have time, it's always appreciated. Season two is officially underway. It's coming this month. Yes, we are in the month of September and the year of 2021. The day, I can't give it out yet, but more and more is, you know, information will be coming soon. This season, me, Shay, and Owen have taken the liberty to take it up a notch yet again with more content coming in at very, very different rates. So basically what we're going to be doing is uh, taking our own individual podcast under the podcast, essentially just to be able to give different aspects of us more personally. We had a lot of more, um, towards the end of the season, got a lot more like fan questions on how to like, you know, how certain people feel about music more personally or like fashion for me and like Mm -hmm. own sports and stuff. So we just like, you know what, let's give them what they want. So we'll all have our own individual um, like podcast underneath, you know, BDL. So um, the mansion will be my personal. It's going to talk about everything, music, fashion, relationships and mental health. And that'll be coming every Tuesday, uh, 9 a.m. 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. So 9 a.m. will be Central. So I don't know, my boys on the West Coast, y'all won't probably be up yet because y'all party hard. 
it'll be 7 a.m. But if you're up, you're probably at the gym, so you can listen to it while you, you know, get some, some you know boys. Yeah. Them boys be out there. And then we have uh, Shay, one of one. He's going to basically be talking about music more, uh, you know, intimately and um, like more so for, for, for production. Yeah. Be on his shows a little, so. yeah. So that'll be something to look forward to. And we'll obviously have some time when we do them together, but that's going to be his. And then show, uh, Owen's personal show is coming back better than ever. Definitely with all creative control. And yeah. he's going to be talking everything, sports, and then some. You might get a little little two cents worth on a little other topic. You just never know. He might have some special guests for you. Uh, you're in there, got some things in the I'm works. In, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the works. Trying to get I don't some, think y'all want that problem. I can't, I can't spill the beans. He's right here next to me. But all that's said and done. Of course, thank you for all the support and everything. Continue to, you know, support us so we can keep giving y'all the best that we can of, of product. And let's get into the show, man. I'm yeah. alrighty, bro. What you got for me, on? Before we get into it, I got one more thing. Oh, Actually, man. there are a couple more things. Oh, I do this every week where I'm live. Okay. I say, let's get into it. And I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. If I don't do this now, I'm going to forget about it. Yeah, so before we get to today's show, get ready to get real. Kevin Hart hosts a new Peacock original series, Ooh. Heart to Heart, featuring authentic conversations with a celebrity guest. Wow. Each week, Kevin will sit down with a well-known figure from entertainment and hold a deep and meaningful conversation with them about their journey to the top. Wow. The best way I can explain what to expect on this show is to expect the unexpected. This show's been out for not even... I don't even know how long it's been out. It ain't yeah. been out long. We've all seen the Don Cheadle clip. Damn! We've all seen it. Like, you've seen I know y'all have seen that at least 14, 15 times already. Um, so, I mean, Kevin and his guests will unpack every, you know, heavy emotion and share moments of success and failure and everything in between. Uh, so make sure y'all kick up your feet, get to know your favorite celebrities. And that new Peacock original series, Heart to Heart, is streaming now. Go to PeacockTV.com to get watching today. So. Today. Today, not tomorrow. No, like now. Not the day after. Like yesterday. I'm talking about <laughs> this show, and I need you to go from, go hop over to Safari on your phone, go to PeacockTV.com. I mean, is it not on the app? Create you make free, it easy. Just make yeah, an account. Go ahead and just, you know, download that. Get that make in that, there for the one time. Make that free saying. account. It's not like you don't be on Netflix or Hulu anyway. Go, go text your just mom that, that's hey, the password. I know we got the more the merrier. It's like it's like streaming services. You got Spotify, yeah. SoundCloud, and Apple Music. You might as well just go ahead and tag them in there too. That's the that is the truth. Watch your movies. I know that's what I do. I had to text my mom and say, "Hey, mom, what's the Peacock password?" She said, "It's the same thing as the HBO one, dog." I told oh. this three times already. So damn. Yeah. Um, hey. Before we get into this, this last thing right here. Okay. We got fan for questions real? today. Oh, for real? For real. We, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a while. It's been a little minute. It's been a while. I'm excited. So, Tap me in. two fan questions today. Okay. First one. Yep. We're gonna talk about Shay's favorite sport, college football. Somebody wants to know what our prediction is for the national championship game for college football this year. Whoa, that's just a very, very tough question. To that answer, is very tough. Before the first game is played. Um, but I'll tell you what. Obviously, you have your usual suspects at the top of the hill. Alabama's going to be in contention. Ohio State, Clemson. Florida, Clemson, Oklahoma. Now, what I will tell you, what I personally feel like is going to happen this year, if I look at the top 25 as is right now, which the preseason top 25, the top five is Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. Somehow Florida didn't go top six. They put Florida at 13. I apologize, Shay. I don't know why they're down there. Um, Damn. Texas A&M is at six. Like, what are we doing? Bro, what? No way. Are you dead ass? Yeah. So, (laughs) when I'm looking at this list, obviously the easy pick is to put Alabama in the national title game. Oh, yeah. That's like your... It's your safe haven. Your consensus. You know what I'm saying? We have the easy one. Win it out, Bama it out. That's what I always say. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I don't think Oklahoma makes the national title game this year. Uh, As good as everyone says Spencer Rattler is supposed to be, I don't think we've seen it yet. Yeah, um, I don't think people. I haven't even that. seen a, a good. I haven't even seen a draftable Spencer Rattler, let alone consensus number one overall pick Spencer Rattler. So I apologize to all OU fans, but I don't see it happening as of right now. Now, granted, it's a long season. There's a lot of growth to be had, and if you're going to lose a couple games, it's better to do it early. So we'll see how they look. I don't see Oklahoma making it. I haven't looked at how good Clemson's quarterback situation is going to be since Trevor Lawrence he left. He didn't start last year, but didn't. Who, Rattler? Yes, Mr. Rattler, sir. 
I don't know who the... No, all the way, no, I'm tripping. I'm thinking, of, uh, yeah, I'm lagged out. I'm busted. <laughs> but I'm thinking two years ago, I was like, bro, I could have sworn Jalen Hurst was in front of him. But that was two seasons yeah, back. Yeah, that was two seasons Yeah, but I'm behind. I'm sorry. With, as far as Clemson goes, I haven't looked into their quarterback situation. Obviously, it's probably not going to be as good as Trevor Lawrence. I don't know, bro. DJ Lugalele is a huge, Oh, huge I do know that quarterback. Profit, bro. That nigga's a dog, okay. bro. I, I ain't going to I remember seeing him back in the day on the uh, uh, ESPN uh, 11 for 11. And then he wow. got on that QB1 shit. He was a second string or third string behind somebody that went to. It was that black quarterback that went to Iowa, Iowa State a couple years back. Iowa State? Yeah. Damn, or maybe it was Iowa University. I'm pretty sure it was Iowa State, though. I can't remember. It was on Netflix some years ago. But I remember him. That, that he was huge. Clemson? Talking about a guy that went to Clemson or no? Yeah, yeah, he was a he was like a second or third string because at the time he was like a sophomore. He went to Clemson and he transferred. No, he stays at Clemson. He's he stays he's, Clemson? he's been he's been there. Okay. He was just he was just behind Trevor Lawrence. Oh. Okay. Like now he's yeah, I yeah. think this year's his sophomore year if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. I do know him. I'm glad you brought that he's up. Like six, five, he's like six five, bro. He's like six five, two fifteen, two twenty. He's, he's good. He's huge. And so, his arm is strong. The only thing is. I get this guy might be good, and they saw I know that Dabo Sweeney's going to have them boys ready, but there is a change. Like, this is the first year in three years that they will not have Trevor Lawrence under center. That's the same thing that happened. They said the same thing after Deshaun left. After Deshaun left, and, you know, Trevor Lawrence came in his freshman year, and they're like, yeah, this guy's the number one overall pick. Yeah. So, unless that happens again, I'm going to bet on a little bit of a down year for Clemson. I think it may bite him in the long run, but they they're definitely going to be in contention. They I got think. a lot of the same pieces. Um the the so, thing with Clemson in the long run is if you play your entire season in the ACC, yeah, you're gonna have a shot. This is true. They're I'm not. Sorry. Unless they it's have basketball, no the schedule. it's a, ACC is basketball country. Yeah. That's that's when I come in to play. Big Duke fan over here. Yeah, I love my two bosses at work that are they yeah. both like the <laughs> ACC. But listen, yeah. bro, that football conference is not strong at the rest of the nation. Uh-uh. My my other pick outside of Alabama, I think I'm gonna go with the 14 of the nation. Uh, I've been keeping my eye on Ohio State. Obviously, it's kind of hard not to with having a, having a friend that goes to Ohio State. Um, Yama. Yeah. Shout out, Bryce. So, um, yes, my, my national championship prediction is going to be Alabama-Ohio State. Hopefully, Again, the real one. Yeah. I need no, Ohio State run to that back. Around. Yeah, after the, the crushing defeat that they faced last time in the college football playoffs. Um. Man, that game still stings. I'm not even an Ohio State fan. That game stings me because I lost 20 bucks. But, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember. No, that was two years that ago. That was two years ago. Yeah, it was yeah. two years ago. I lost 20 bucks off that game. And then this year, I tried to flip it. And I was like, uh, this year, I think Ohio State's not going to be able to get it done. And then they did. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then obviously, they didn't get it done in the national championship game. But teach his own. I think Ohio State's back in the dance this year. I think we're seeing a rematch from the national championship. I could, I could. That's a safe. That's a safe pick. I ain't gonna tell y'all who's finna win because I'm not finna. This is gonna be the real. This is gonna be real. This gonna be the real one right here. You feel it? Yeah, bro. I think if I were to be out talking outside of my, okay, I'll do. I'll do two. If I had to pick, I'd go. That would be my first one. That that's a safe pick. I would say. I would say it's either gonna be Alabama and Clemson, Alabama and Ohio State. Okay. To be real, but uh, if I had to pick three. like if I had to pick a, 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 a worldly one, I could really see that happen. Uh, OU in Florida. OU in Florida. That'd be. Hard. I could see one of those teams making it. I don't see. A I don't know, bro. Where they I think. Make it, I think bro. the way that both of those teams have some systematically been consistent the last couple of years, and now that they have some key components. Granted, yes, there's a lot of talent that was lost, quote unquote, in Florida. But it's like, you know, what you gonna do, bro? You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I don't know what the. I haven't. Like I said, I have been. I'm behind when it comes to college football. But yeah. I know that Iowa State. They are ranked seven this year. Yeah. They got a running back. Mm-hmm. I know him pretty well. He went to Northwest. Mm-hmm. I watched him in high school. He went to high school in Wichita. Brees Hall is a dog. The stud. So he's a stud. I would not be surprised to see Ohio, uh, Iowa State in the dance as well. There's a lot of good teams at the top this year, but I think you're going to see yeah. your. Your perennial powerhouse is sitting at the top of the pile per usual. This is true. Yeah. So, you have anything to add on that before we move Mm -hmm. on? Okay. I was just like, damn, bro. College football is really, really coming. Yeah, it is. We're right here. It's right around the corner. That shit's crazy, bro. (laughs) When I said I'm behind, I got to catch. No, bro. I haven't did no scout. I've been too busy looking at college basketball, bro. I'm sorry. You're too excited for that. Bro, we're finally going to be good again. (laughs) 
We had such a shitty year last year, bro. He said, I had to stay on Twitter the whole year. Nah, for real. It was bad. It was so bad. I stopped watching halfway through the season. I couldn't super fan, bro. I'm telling you, bro, like, I I used to get into it, man. I used to run outside in just shorts and a t-shirt. It'd be like 30 degrees outside. I can't you not run down the street, bro, like, on some talking shit. Do basketball. No, God. (laughs) It'd be getting me tight. It'd be getting me turned, bro. I'd be lit. Okay. All right. So, our other fan questions, kind of like a six-parter. Okay. Um, somebody wants to know our, our predictions for the NFL awards this year. So, Offensive okay. Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, um, mm. Coach of the Year, and MVP. Which is very, very tough to try to see. Dude, y'all are... Y'all on it. I'm ready for season two. Like we questions. getting questions like this already. I'm already knowing season two is going to be yeah. different. I need y'all to keep this same energy. Nah, for real. Here. Run it back. Don't don't try once, and switch up. When once time we gets get started, started I'm going to need the same exact things that are we're getting right now. I need them again. No cap. These two right. questions are very, very good. Yeah. Now, when it comes to offensive rookie of the year, there are a lot of good names at the top of the pile. Um, I look at like... Jamar Chase at Cincinnati. If uh, Joe Burrow stays healthy, obviously he's going to be a contender for that award. Um, I look at Jalen Waddle uh, down in Miami. If Tua Tungavailoa takes that next step forward, obviously he's going to be a competitor. Um, Devonta Smith, obviously, with Jalen Hurts in Philly. You also have your quarterbacks that could make it. Uh, Mac Jones is not a starter in New England. You also look at Trey Lance. If he... uh, if he gets a starting job early enough in San Francisco, he could take uh, take that rookie of the year spot. Uh, obviously, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are also in that conversation, but I have one guy that I think that sticks above the rest. When it comes to being the offensive rookie of the year, I really don't think there's that much of a competition to be had. Um, a lot of people are going to say Najee Harris. I don't think the Steelers' own line is going to be good enough to get it done. Uh, this, this one guy, I'm watching Shea use him in Madden right now. He plays down in Atlanta. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year. No Julio in Atlanta. Calvin Ridley's going to step up even more than he has been. Calvin Ridley's been growing and growing uh, into a better and better route runner each and every single year. He's gotten better and better. Uh, Now they add Kyle Pitts, who's the highest drafted tight end of all time. Throw him into this offense, and I really think that he could take that secondary role to Calvin Ridley. And yeah. I, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be your offensive rookie of the year. I wouldn't deny that. I mean, I would. I was looking at that as well, but like, I don't know, because you're. I mean, you made a valiant effort with Jamar Chase, but I still feel like the 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 distinguishing factor in that situation is definitely going to be Joe Burrow coming back from the injury mm-hmm. and that line. That that left side, his strong side, is, I don't know. I mean, they have a good left tackle. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying like for the systematical looking air, like I just I don't know. Well, when I it comes to, and then you also, but I, I would probably go in the version to either say. I mean, I feel like he's gonna probably be like the Zion effect. He's definitely just already damn near won it just off of not necessarily popularity contest, but not saying he's not good. But if I had to choose somebody else other than him. Honestly, I don't know who I would pick. Like I said, I think it's really <laughs> it's really hard to beat a quarterback out for for an award that's open to all positions. Quarterbacks usually win. Like yeah. MVP is usually a quarterback. Yeah. So like last year, everybody thought Justin Jefferson was going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and that'd be Justin Herbert. Yeah, that was. So if Trevor Lawrence plays any type uh, of decent, it's going to be him. Yeah, as I was saying, that that's a, that was, that was mine. They Probably may not have that. they may not have like a top weapon in Jacksonville right now, but like when I look at that roster, they have like a lot of good guys that have a chance to be one. Like DJ Chark is very yeah, good. True. Marvin Jones Jr. is he's extremely he's, talented. He's very, very, very good. They have James Robinson. Obviously you don't have um Travis Etienne after he got hurt, but nonetheless I think the offense is talented and obviously having a guy like Urban Myers, your head coach, is never gonna hurt you in the long run. Um, as far as defensive rookie of the year, this is where it gets really kind of tough for me. Um, I don't know. I'm because there's not, like like I said, the easy answer is a quarterback. Yeah, there's no say. such position that really dominates when it comes to defense. Yeah. Except for maybe a, a, a position that just 
all of their stats show up on a box score. Like when it comes to being a top corner, we talked about this last time. Like Jalen Ramsey's a top corner in the league, and it's not because he picks off ten passes a year. I feel like JC you don't Horn, throw the ball. To I think him. like JC Horn, he's gonna have an outstanding season mm-hmm. with Carolina. Patrick Sertain, he's another big guy. He's gonna be doing numerous of things in that Denver Broncos system. But I mean, truth be told. I'm probably just gonna go with Jason Warren. No, uh, the linebacker that's from ah shit, not Michael Parsons. Um, buddy that went to Arizona, Zayvon Collins. Yeah, he's he's yeah, and he's, he's so like when it comes hey. to defensive rookie of the year, like I feel like you got to also the the biggest factor to me honestly is the team that you have around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying like that defensive unit is good, and that's why I think like, Sertain will probably have a better year than Horn out the gate Yeah, because I think he has more help around him. Yeah, because, I mean... It'll be easier for I don't think the shine. secondary is necessarily a problem with Carolina. I just think the linebacker issue is kind of... Like the line is strong, though. They have a, yeah, they have so. a great edge rush. They have good yeah. push in the middle with Derek Brown. Obviously, Brian Burns on the outside. Jeremy Chin's over the top in their secondary. But they're, the middle of their defense is a little shoddy. Yeah. I will give you that. It's been shoddy since Luke Keekley retired. This is true. Um, I mean, it's a those are really fucking big shoes to fill. Oh yeah, oh you're never, gosh. never, ever are you gonna have Luke Keekley retire and then be like, nah, we'll just replace him. No, nah, no, nah, it doesn't happen. It, yeah, he's you, a dog, you're gonna have to eat bro. that one for a while. He's a dog, bro. Um, defensive rookie of the year, um, Micah Parsons. Depending on how he's used, I could definitely see it. Yeah, that's what I was With how valuable edge rushers are to defenses now, I definitely think uh, he could be up there. A lot of people talked about Quiddy Pay. Oh, touche. I didn't think about that. Oh, only, but I don't know, though. The only thing that defense is... Outside of DeForest Buckner, I don't know of another guy that's going to get after the QB. Yeah. And you can't... As a rookie, you're not going to be... Like, very seldom do you have a Nick... I know that both of these guys played in the last two to three years, but Nick Bosa and Chase Young are not everyday prospects. Yes, like, sure. You don't come in your rookie year and automatically become a top 15 pass rusher in the game. That doesn't happen. Um, honestly, my sleeper pick is a guy that went in the second round uh, to a division rival of Baltimore. I'm going uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa that went to Cleveland Ooh. in the second round. I want, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of wanted Baltimore to pick him up. Um, he's he's a very, off. very talented. The only thing that I the – not, the knock I have is that he's kind of like an Isaiah Simmons type prospect. He does everything well. But he doesn't do anything great. great. But he's yeah. such like he's well rounded. You talk about Luke Keekley, like being able to go sideline to sideline. He's extremely athletic. He gets up and down the field very, very well. I think him in the middle of that, like I said, the defense that you have around you is going to help you succeed in the long run. So when you have a good edge rusher in Miles Garrett, I have a good secondary with the additions they made at safety plus Denzel Ward. That middle linebacking core has always kind of been the issue for Cleveland. Now he steps in here, probably going to start right away. I think he could have a really, really good year in Cleveland. Um, outside of him, like I said, uh, obviously you, you mentioned the two corners that win the first round. Uh, and obviously Michael Parsons is yeah. another big name. Um, if he can get in and they use I mean, him I think he's going to get in where he fits in for sure. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> definitely. Like I said, I think that, that award is definitely more open. I feel like it's kind of a lockdown between quarter like three or four quarterbacks, Najee Harris and Kyle Pitts on the offensive side. On defense, oh, I can yeah, so say if I had to pick offense again, as I was going back and looking like not looking, but like thinking, I don't know, bro. Rookies, there's this was a pretty tough class. And they're really athletic, but not. Najee's up there. Justin Fields up there. Defensively, I just don't see anybody that sets themselves apart. Apart, like yeah. That. I feel like, like everybody's at like not really like a. You same take the quarterbacks level, out. Like, you take the quarterbacks out on offense. Like Kyle Pitts and Najee Harris have both been yeah like separated themselves from the pile when it comes to producing in their rookie year. Yeah, I feel like nobody has separated themselves on defense yet, which that makes it more exciting. That means there's more and more guys that could possibly pop off. Um, yeah, another a, a deep, deep sleeper for offensive rookie of the year. Now I don't know what Jared Goff's going to be like in Detroit, but I know that their wide receiving core is lacking. They took a kid in the fourth round, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. But he's he is six two six three. His is crazy. He's a great route runner, <laughs> and if he can get the opportunity, I feel like he might be a deep sleeper in Detroit. 
So keep your eye on him as well. Yeah, for Those sure. are my two sleepers. Uh, for offensive rookie, uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, coach of the year. Another sleeper would Loki be Katoni. Darius Katoni, like I said, yeah, Kadarius Tony could definitely be a sleeper in New York. The thing that I've always said about KT when it comes to landing in New York, that's is a good ass. His production is only going to be as good as he as, allows himself to make it, and also as Joe Judge's creativity. This is true. Like you've. You can't, you, can't come, you can't come. You can't come. Yeah, you can't come simple. If you if you're just gonna have him go out there and run routes all game, and he's just gonna be a wide receiver, he's not. You're not getting the most out of him. He's gonna be good. Don't get me wrong, but jet sweeps, wildcat sets, pitches underneath, all this crazy weird stuff. You get Kadarius Tony the ball, then you let him make a play. You don't yeah. make a play and then throw yeah, it. No, to yeah, him, no, big you know? that's, that's that's really. So I can definitely see that. But like I said, I don't know how creative Joe Judge's offense is gonna be. So I think that's gonna be a big what if. There. This is true. Uh, that's a good. Year. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. I forgot who's up there. <laughs> so <laughs> I forgot who's up there. Yeah. <laughs> Coach of the year. Oh yeah. Is also a very tough one because Bill Belichick. Well, I'm talking. It's definitely. Shit. I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, you're talking about the best coach in the game and trying to rebound after what they did last Bro. year. All right. Come on. You made it sound good. I don't even believe that. And I'm a pass. It's man. a possibility. So, Bro. so the thing with Coach of the Year is like. Coach of the year, what it should be, to me, coach of the year is expectation versus reality. It shouldn't be like, well, you're a playoff contender, you made the playoffs. No, it's like last year the Dolphins were supposed to be a two-win team in one of the worst seasons they've ever had. Brian Burns got the – or Brian Burns. Brian Flores got them to seven wins. He was the coach of the year, in my opinion, last year. Like, So I'm looking like – if Deshaun Watson doesn't play a snap for the Houston Texans and they win seven games, I'm giving their head coach coach of the year. Yeah. That's what – it's what you're expecting versus what the reality of the situation ends up being. So it's very hard to turn around and then be like Andy Reid's the head, you know, coach of the year because yeah. obviously it's Super Bowl and bust for Kansas City for the next <laughs> This is true. Um, this is true. Man, that's a tough – that's another tough one because you really just have to look at the expectations. I could see Kevin Stefanski – Ooh. Is Stefanski, is that right? Is it? I'm trying to think of Cleveland's head coach. I think that's his name. I, I might be wrong. He might have butchered it. I might have butchered it. Hold on. We're loading. Yeah, hold on. We're loading. Google, Google search Buffering. initiated. Buffering. Buffering. Um, Buffering. Yes, I was right. Okay. okay. Kevin Stefanski. All right, we're here. I should just trust Ding. myself. Brown's head coach. Yep. If they make a Super Bowl, I, think I could definitely see him being up there. Um. Sean Payton, if the Saints can win 10 games I, with, with James Winston, I'd put him in that conversation. Um, if honestly, honestly, if if the if the offense can overcome the injuries that was put upon them last season, I really would say Ron Rivera could be put in that conversation. I could definitely Because that defense that. is so fucking Ron wrong, Rivera right? is an extremely good head yeah. coach. They have their quarterback for this year in Ryan Fitzpatrick. They have a lot of young guys on the offensive side, and like you said, they have a top three O line. They have a top five defense. They're built to win in Washington. Yeah. That like, man, that man is different. As much as Shout you may him. love the Cowboys, do not be surprised if the football team wins that division. Oh yeah, no I big would fans. not be shocked at all to see that happen. Um, they, I think overall, the football team has a better team than Dallas does. So. I could definitely see Ron Rivera, and I think my other guy that I might put in that conversation would probably be. Um, I could definitely see um, Kyle Shanahan out yeah, of San Francisco rebounding say. after an injury late in the year last year. Yep. I think San Fred could be back mm-hmm. in the game as well. Um, so those are my coach of the year. Hey, low key. Hmm. What do you think? Mitchell. 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 <laughs> I was thinking of Donovan Mitchell. I'm <laughs> Honorable, honorable mention. Good grief, I'm going to it again. Low-key. John Gruden and the Raiders, bro. Yeah, if they, I don't know how good they're Hey, look, look. Granted, I, I knew that was going to be looking like a little like asterisk on the side. It all depends on what your expectations are for them. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they have more of an expectation to do well because the last two two seasons, productive-wise, they've done good systematically. They've gotten some some, like, for sure, franchise well, for right now, franchise players and stuff. They uh, solidified that running back position, which was very, really big for them, considering the fact that the defense was on the field way too much. I so, will, yeah. But I really wish. I still will say this, even though he does really, he's had an outstanding career. 
I really wish they would not have gave away Khalil Mack. I wish they would have had him there. When John Rudy came in, he would have did some shit with him. I agree, 100%. Like, I'm not uh, saying he don't get used enough at, in Chicago. The thing, that, the thing that will always bother me about John Gurdon and Mike Mayock and their pairing in Vegas is, first of all, this year, when I did my mock drafts, I had him taking Trayvon Mooring in the first round at 17. I had him taking Alex Leatherwood, who was the second-round graded tackle out of Alabama in the second round. They went and took Leatherwood at 17, and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? That's a second-round graded tackle. There's three guys that are way more talented than them that are still on the board that you could have addressed here. And then somehow Trayvon Mooring still slid to them in the second round. So I was right. They just took the guys in reverse order. Literally. And also, Henry Ruggs was the first receiver off the board in his draft class in 20, was that 2019, 2020? Whenever Henry Rhodes got drafted. 2019, yeah. 2019. I had to think. I went blank as hell. Receivers like, that were drafted after Henry Ruggs were Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, and there's always one more that I always forget. I, I know that there's one that I'm forgetting. I always forget about one more second-year guy. Uh, you can argue that Henry Ruggs, well, he's probably better than Jalen Rager, but... Henry Ruggs went off the board before Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb did. There's your headline. That's an issue to me. As fast as he may be, when it when when speed is your top weapon as a receiver, you will only go as far as the quarterback can throw the ball. This is true. And Derek Carr doesn't have a weak arm, but he definitely is not Patrick Mahomes. He's not accurate. He's not, I'm not going to say he's not strong. I, mean, I just don't think he's as accurate. He's not 2012 Joe Flacco. Oh, Jesus. He's not Josh Allen. Daddy. Bro, Flacco used to sit back Dumps. that bitch and just yeah, sling Yeah, I don't care what anyone says. That used to go crazy. You got to give Joe Flacco credit. <laughs> you want to talk down on Flacco all you want. 2012 Joe Flacco had one of the best. He had the best deep ball in the league at the time. So. Oh, yeah, no, nah, for sure. I don't know, though. Kick the tape on, man. That's all I got to say about that. All right. people, people. No, there are some, there are some super – not to go on the couch, y'all. I'm sorry. We can talk about that later. We gotta stay on the couch. But I was gonna say there was some. We haven't even talked about the. There list was some yet, crazy, right? crazy deep threat arm quarterbacks. Him, Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. Russell was really in his bag back then. 2012, yeah. 13 time, he was going crazy. For we also have to think about how good Fuck. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were. Aaron Rodgers, as well, yeah. Oh my God, there was some deep balls in the league. That's how. That's how. Confident I felt in Joe Flacco. No, but he was like that, though. For Joe sure. Flacco in 2012 was like that. So you can't – everybody always asks me because they like to give me shit about do, you, do I think he was elite. In 2012, in that Super Bowl run, all the way up into the Super Bowl against the Niners, yes. There's not a doubt in my mind that he was. If you don't think you like – outside of that, no. I don't think Joe Flacco was elite. But – 2012 in that Super Bowl run. Yeah, for sure. The Maha Miracle in the double ups. For sure. Like, 11 touchdowns, no picks. He went into Denver, beat Peyton Manning in double OT, and then they went into Foxborough and beat Tom Brady, and then they went down to New Orleans and they beat Colin Kaepernick. What a trio of quarterbacks to take down on the way to a Super Bowl. Like, yeah, bro, that's <laughs> crazy. You got me crying. So, let's go. Coach of the Year. Um, I think my final answer that I'll stick with Coach of the Year is going to be... Ron Rivera. That's so tough. Yeah, that's a good pick. I really want to say that, too. Yeah, Ron All he really has to do is win seven games. He's straight, in my opinion. Well, actually, it's 17, eight, eight games. Ron Rivera, and I'll go Mike Zimmer, the head coach, the head coach for, the- yeah, for the Vikings. Yeah. They got a rebound after last year. <sighs> they had a down year. It's a rebound year for Which is crazy because they've been really consistent. Kirk Cousins on a little home out there. Yeah, that's true. MVP. I said this on my top 10 quarterback lists. Um, I think Lamar puts himself back on top of the pile this year. I think now, – now you could say I'm being a homer. I understand that if you think I'm being biased. What, what I will tell you and I think is an absolute fact is that for every year that Lamar Jackson is healthy, plays 17 games – he will be a threat to win MVP in this league. Yeah. He does not have to. Now, obviously, having better weapons helps. When you have a number one wide receiver, it's a lot easier to throw the ball. But, like, 
he does not have to have receivers to impact an offense. Not at all. He is the most impactful quarterback when it comes to how successful his team is. Yeah. His his contract extension is so paramount for Baltimore because I said this before back in season one as well. There's only th- probably three quarterbacks, maybe three quarterbacks, that can run that offense the way that Lamar does. Well, including Lamar. Kyler yeah. Murray's another one, maybe Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson probably can't do a lot of the design runs that, yeah. that, that Baltimore has built in for Lamar Jackson. I know Kyler Murray can handle it. Other than that, there's not another starting quarterback in this league that can handle it. Deshaun Watson. I don't know if Deshaun would do a lot of the design asterisk. runs. He could definitely Look, do the read asterisk, option. Yeah. Asterisk mark. Cam Newton <laughs> could probably do a lot of the read option yeah. stuff as well. But That's just a big-ass body to tap. It's true, yeah. It's hard to take down a 6'5", 260-pound quarterback, yeah. but... You know, he's a linebacker, DN. If you want, he is. He's a linebacker mm-hmm. sized. He's he's a quarterback that's shaped like a linebacker that runs like a running back. How are you supposed to take that guy to the ground? Go. There's a reason he won MVP back then. It's okay, bro. So I'll take Lamar. Yeah. That's my prediction. Okay. Obviously, Patty's a safe pick. Yeah. Um. Honestly, the yeah. Back Jones. I'm weak as hell. I'm weak as hell. Next question, please. <laughs> he said, "Skip it. Um, we moving on." I don't know, man. I probably would. I could. I could agree with that. I feel like it's a wide open race. I don't yeah, think any... I can just throw some names in that. Oh yeah, hat, we can bro. just throw. Yeah. We can throw tens to fifteen names out there. Mm-hmm. Ain't no telling for real. The real question is: Do you think it's going to be a quarterback, or do you think somebody else actually has a chance at it? No, I think it'll be a quarterback. That's always. The safe pick. If it's not a QB, it's probably Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey, if I had to guess. Mm. But still. Yeah. Unless, 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 like, another breakout receiver. Like, if, if DJ has another crazy season again, or, like, D-Hop. Yeah, and see, like, the thing that always sucks about receivers, there's a reason that a receiver has never won the MVP award, yeah. is because usually it just goes to his quarterback. <laughs> it's, it's just you're like you're like hey that guy had 1900 receiving yards you're like yeah, yeah his, his quarterback, quarterback had 5000 on purpose <laughs> <laughs> like his 16 had, touchdowns exactly yeah you're like damn all right do nothing. Like, it's okay if Jerry Rice can't win an MVP award no receiver stays a chance this is true yeah this is so, true that's gonna do it for Rainy our we, we might need to do a whole other episode for this list oh, we're God. deep in this it's okay we're in here let's go tap me in all right so into our top 10 safeties. Man, that was fun to be able to answer questions. Again, I love fake questions. Y'all keep them coming. I got, I still got a couple bonuses left uh, to record before season one start or season two starts. So get your, get your fan questions in. I'll try to squeeze them on. I'll fit them in where I can get them in. Um, top 10 safeties. My 10 spot. Let's go. I got no honorable mentions this time. Nope. We're straight with it. We're straight with it. 10 to 1 per usual. Uh, Number 10, Marcus Williams, New Orleans Saints. Um, Now, Marcus Williams' most famous play of all time is by far and away the Minnesota Miracle. Mm -hmm. Obviously not a good play to be remembered by if you're on defense. Um, Marcus Williams was the safety that undercut Stephon Diggs on that touchdown route. Yes, sir. Uh, he could have definitely let that play ruin his career, like a lot. Of, like usually, like the butt fumble ruined Mark Sanchez. You oh. know what I'm saying like, oh. those those memorable plays. They used to try to call him my cousin because we had the same last name. I said I don't know that man. Don't relate that, that man yeah, to bro. me. I don't know who that is, my boy. <laughs> like I don't know who that is. Being on the wrong end of one play like that really can't mess your career up. And Marcus Williams. Is taking that play on the chin, consistently gotten better and better each year. Yes, I'm uh, The bottom of the safety list is kind of – it's out there just because, like, there's – while there's a lot of talented safeties in the league, there's no one that – first of all, there's no one that really separates himself as, like, this is the best safety in the league. Yeah. It's like Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle. Jalen Ramsey is the best, the best corner. corner. Yeah. Like, there's not a debate to be had about those two. Nobody separates themselves, but also – I don't think there's really, like, any guys that are, like, I'm top 10. Like, there's, like, 15 guys that are, like, I'm top 15. Yeah. You know, so, like, making the bottom of this list is hard to do. Yeah, that's uh, true. Like, you're going to look at the number nine, and you're like, how the f- is this guy this low? But that's just it's the nature of the beast. So, Marcus Williams at 10. You want to add anything about Marcus Williams before we move on? No, that was a good pick. Uh, we, I mean, like, we talked about it. I ain't yeah. gonna, Look, we talked about this. And I just told him, look, as we going through it, 
I'm not going to be overzealous. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we ain't already, you know what I'm saying, ran it up. We're deep, just a, we're yeah, deep, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So let's, let's right. keep it moving. Number nine, a guy that could easily be one on this list. There's not a doubt in my mind the guy, the, the, the talent that this man possesses, the only thing that has ever held this guy back is his, is his injuries. He came out his rookie year and posted like a 91 grade on Pro Football Focus. Was, I think, like the second or third highest graded safety in his rookie year. He was an absolute animal. The issue is I think he's played three games in the last two seasons. Uh, Derwin James falls into my nine spot. Yes, sir, the man himself. Now, like I said, when you're talking about raw talent, if injuries didn't exist, oh, this guy's probably one on the list. Like, Derwin James is... From what we've seen, is so damn uber good. talented. Just like oozing with every talent and tool you could ever need to play the safety spot. Hits hard over the middle. You can stick him in the box. He has coverage skills. You drop him back into his zone. Very can, good reflexes and like very good instinctive. Yeah, he can handle this. himself in man coverage every once in a while yeah. as well. You know, as long as you're not sticking him on a, a top ten route runner, he can hold his own a majority of the time. Yeah. Uh, Derwin James, there's there's no more that you can say about how talented he is. Like I said, the main stat is he's played less than five games in two seasons. That's going to hurt your rankings in the long run. So I pray that he has a healthy season. Amen. I don't want to play him. I don't want to run into him in the postseason. If I'm Baltimore or if I'm out, if I'm New England, I don't I don't care who it is. If I'm Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to play this guy twice a year. That's for damn sure. But at the end of the day, like when this guy is on the field. That, that I almost said San Diego. Okay. <laughs> bro, it's taken so long to get used to that. that. That Los Angeles defense is better when he is on the field, it's regardless. Okay. I do that. So, but that is very, very, very true. Yeah. Derwin James I have at my nine spot. Um, so that's going to be nine, Sam. Um, I think that was a safe pick. Another thing that goes into that, the I don't think people realize, like, as we were making this list, Safeties have the a lot of pressure, but I still don't feel like they have as much as pressure per se as corners. Nah. So so when we were making this list, we tried to make it as a as a what's the word I'm looking for as a accurate, I guess, yeah. as possible without it being like a huge discrepancy. Because yeah. I feel like the whole like list that we did go through, it's like um, I feel like it's solid, but solid in the sense that like. It's not like it goes down, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. from 1 to 10, it's like, okay, yeah, I can see where you're going type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a huge skill or, like, like gap in between them type deal. Yeah, with Derwin James, like I said, with him at 9, it's just, it comes out to being healthy, man. Yeah, He's got the talent to be 1, it's just he hasn't been on the field long enough for us to really see it. So. All right, so, got a quick little, little PSA for you real quick, quick little ad. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to all the sponsorships that we have been, you know, getting. But um, this is going to get a little, little serious. So I got to shift the tone of voice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Got to definitely make this a little <clears throat> abrupt. Handle the business. And this continued support for social equality. Doritos is building on last year's Amplified Black Voices campaign with launch of Solid Black. And on a, a new ongoing initiative to provide resources and platforms for ongoing black change makers who use innovation and boldness and creative community endeavors. Solid Black celebrates, excuse me, up and coming leaders in the black community. Follow them along on the Doritos social channels to follow their stories every Friday. Learn more about what motivates them in the Solid Black initiative on Doritos.com backslash Solid Black. Basically, just go ahead. If you have the time, go ahead. Just click the link. You know what I'm saying? We'll probably start putting some, you know, out on via all of our Twitters or we'll put them in the link tree or something to make it more accessible. Definitely just go ahead. If you're already following Doritos, you're a true fan. I love Doritos. I think that's probably my favorite brand of chips. They're up there. Possibly, outside of possibly Cheetos. But I think they're technically all, you know what I'm yeah, saying? it's tough. They're hard and on, but like, yeah, it depends, you, on the, it depends on the mood. You got to have a rotation. Oh yeah, no. There's I have no such thing sandwich as chips, bro. Yeah. They don't know, bro. Like people don't know, bro. You I'm an avid no. sandwich eater, bro. I love eating sandwiches. Ain't so no such thing as that. You gotta have a different a, bag of chips every time. Yeah, there's no such thing as a kingpin chip. You know what I'm saying? You gotta oh, switch it around. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you don't switch up, sometimes you gotta throw that. You know what I'm saying? That popcorn in there, boring. that white cheddar. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Oh, bro, Caitlin's been on that heavy. That's lately. my part. Yeah, you know what I'm saying she likes that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been snacking on here and there too. So. Uh, number seven. Now this, like I said, I want to say this is where it gets hard, but it's hard the whole way through, man. This list is difficult. Like 
Marcus Williams, I was pretty decided at 10, and I'm looking at the rest of this list, and I can put in, the, the rest of these nine guys can be in literally any order you want. Oh, yeah, no, big facts. I think that I think that's what we had talked about as well. Like, we definitely interchange them. So, yeah. I, um, at eight, I'm going to put Jamal Adams in my eight spot. Definitely a little low, obviously, for the talent that this guy has. Jamal Adams, if you were to put him, if I were to put him in my linebacker rankings, he's probably top six, top five. Oh, yeah, big facts. He's to, so good at playing that nickel. When you put him in the box, this guy does work. Yeah. And in Seattle, he they haven't had as good of corners as they're used to in the recent. Like, if you were to stack him next to Richard Sherman, you know, Cam Chancellor never had, but we put Jamal Adams there. He's sitting pretty. This yeah. is the best safety in yeah. the league. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is the, the thing with Jamal Adams is he has to have guys around him that are going to pick up for the slack that he leaves out on the field. When he steps into the box and you allow him to be the blitz boy and you send him after the QB or you can have him heavy on run support and you have Quandre Diggs that's able to pick up the slack behind him and play that deep zone by himself, it makes Jamal Adams look that much better. He didn't have that this year. His coverage, his coverage grade dropped through the floor. His is one of his worst coverage seasons of all time, but it was one of his best seasons when it comes to run support. Yeah, so it's, it's very hard to do both. Agree, yeah. it, it's very hard to do both. Jamal Adams is probably the best run support safety in the league, but when I'm looking at today's day and age in coverage, you have to be at least somewhat decent in coverage. Like I said, it was his worst coverage year of his career this year in Seattle. So he comes down a little bit uh, down the list. But like I said, another guy that's just as talented as Derwin James could definitely be no- number one on this list yeah. any day of the week. Um, next guy on my list, I think I'm going to drop in John Johnson the third. Yep, that moving man from had L.A. To uh, the Browns. Moving to Cleveland, yeah. yeah. Now, when I look about this, the reason he falls a little bit higher on this list, you could put him at nine. You could make the argument that he's down to 10. He's been getting better and better every year. It's another guy that's kind of struggled with injuries here and there. Yeah, as I was going to say, um, it's injuries for me. But he's posted like an 80 grade for PFF uh, coverage-wise. Every year he's been healthy. and now He's really good at The move coverage. to Cleveland is what really moves him kind of up the two to three spots on this list. I have Denzel Ward mm-hmm. playing out at corner. I have a very good edge rush when it comes to Miles Garrett. Now having Jadavia and Cloudy in the defense, mm-hmm. they he has a really now obviously the Rams have a very good defense as well. We talked about yeah, that yeah, last yeah, week, yeah. but this this Cleveland defense is something serious. We're gonna be looking like, into it. Yeah, yeah. I picked them up on my fantasy. I'm not gonna cap. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's a good. It's a really really good defense to have when it comes to fantasy. It auto drafted for ours. Did it really? Yeah, I forgot about it. I gotta make sure I get home. Sorry, Sorry I got another draft. I'm exposing myself right now. So I got I'm another draft to do tonight. <laughs> I got draft number six tonight. I think. For what? Fantasy football from work? Uh, I think this one is. It's another friend group. I can't oh, remember. Gotcha, gotcha. I did the I did the Dick Sporting Goods one last week. Actually, mm. that's the deepest. I got a. That's a twelve man league. I got Patrick Mahomes in the fifth round. I was shocked. What, bro? So here's the thing. Listen, Holy before shit. we keep moving, quick fantasy football PSA. Holy I'm not trying shit. to talk shit. I'm not trying to put y'all down. If you took Patrick Mahomes first overall, you got something seriously wrong. If you took him in the first round, I think you really got some things that you need to look at, but at least you didn't take him first overall. Yeah. Quarterbacks don't run fantasy unless you run a 2QB league. If you run a 2QB league, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes has got to be number one. But like I said, I don't like two quarterback leagues that really, really messes things up in the long run. But... Uh, I got I had the first pick in two of my drafts so far, so that was that was nice. Yeah, I got to take CMC in both of my leagues. Yeah, that league I got like I said I got CMC round one pick one, and I round one or round five pick one I got Patty. Like oh, I said, shit. I've had two leagues where Patty's went one overall, and then the like two or three of the other ones he's went in the first round still just not number one overall. So having him there in the fifth, like my pick was coming up, I got like three picks for me. I'm like, and Patty's there, I'm taking him. I was like, bro, it's the fifth. It's the fifth round. I'm taking him. Oh, you have J.K. That's painful. If you could, hey, I'll tell you what. If you have J.K. Dobbins, pick bro, up. Bro, he didn't let me get to draft. If if you can, this was auto drafted, bro. This, this is a really, really, really good yeah, auto draft. To get Darnell Mooney, Antonio Brown, Trey Lance, and Giovanni Bernard off auto draft is really good. Like, you have a lot of guys that could pop on your bench. If Gus Edwards is available in your fantasy league, pick him up. Please, thank you. Here is your here is your tip. 
for the day. Your fantasy tip. PSA. Come on. If you still have a draft to do, or if you are in even in a, in a smaller league, if Gus Edwards is available, he needs to be on your roster. When I look at the top twenty fantasy running backs this year, Gus Edwards will be one of them. I, I think Gus Edwards has a possibility to be a top fifteen running back. People are taking, you know, talking about Miles Gaskins having a good year. Miles Sanders may have a good year. I put Gus Edwards above both of those guys. I'm oh, telling yeah. you, Baltimore likes to run the ball. He's the most efficient runner in the league since he has entered the league. He averages like seven a carry. This guy it's does work. Wrong. And Baltimore runs the ball. This is true. This is what they do. Like it's, true. it's like having a Kansas City wide receiver. Baltimore running backs are going to be good. Yeah. So pick up Gus Edwards. He's going to be a top 20 fantasy running back. Um, He's going to be getting used a lot. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So that was eight. He is. Like I said, yeah. You just when I say he's the most efficient runner in NFL right now, like that's that's not a BS stat. It's not me being a homer. Like you look at his his yards per carry, and I think his yards after contact. He's the most efficient runner in the league. He is. They call him Gus the Bus for a reason. Motherfucker goes through people. Um, so we had it was ten Marcus Williams, mm-hmm. nine was Derwin James, mm-hmm. eight was Jamal, Jamal Adams. Adams yep. Was that seven? That makes seven. John Johnson. Yes, right? sir. All right, so with John Johnson being at seven, before we get to the number six spot, I'm sure a lot of Kansas boys will like who we have at six. But before we get there, I have a little something for y'all as well. Let me hear it. So, so just to share something with y'all from my <laughs> point of view, uh, over the last year, man, obviously it's been tough for a lot of us being going through COVID, the first mm-hmm. wave, and now obviously going back through the second wave. A lot of things that we took for granted, we can't anymore. A lot of things that we were used to being able to do, we can't anymore, or we have to do with with heavy, heavy restrictions. Um, The thing for me, man, like being able to go out and eat with my family was a huge thing. That was instilled with me from day one. Uh, Going out to like eat breakfast with my grandfather was a big thing for me growing up. So uh, I always loved going out to eat with my family. We've been able to do that a little bit here and there, but obviously, you know, masks when you walk in. Yeah, obviously the restaurants can't seat at capacity the way they usually do. Yeah, everybody's got to be social distance. Waiters are wearing masks and all these extra cleaning procedures, man. So so just to get back to what we used to do, man, vaccination is the most effective way to help prevent COVID-19. So to get back to the good times and to get back to, you know, full restaurants and full movie theaters, everything, man, we all have to get vaccinated in the long run. So uh, find out where to get your COVID-19 vaccine near you. Uh, at vaccines.gov and I mean that's all I gotta say that's my little one two piece about getting mm. vaccinated man uh, one two piece me and, me and Shay were two definitely late to no the party biscuit. yeah one two piece no biscuit you okay. know what I'm saying like we were late to the party we just got vaccinated here about two months ago I was definitely a lot later than I ever wanted to be to get it but you know I felt a lot more comfortable since I got it done and you know I feel like I can I'm, I'm starting to wear my mask a lot more I've had to wear it back at work obviously with the Delta variant doing what it's doing but it's oh, yeah. gonna in the long run, man. This is how we get out of the woods. Like there sure. are there are people that have spent thirty. I just I don't understand how how you can read a Facebook post and be like, yeah, this is this is exactly this is the truth here. You know what I'm saying? This Facebook post right here, this is what I'm gonna believe in. But then you turn on the news and a doctor who sunk himself, you know, one hundred fifty thousand dollars into student aid, you know, into student debt, and has spent 30, 40 years in his career field tells you that this is the best way to do it and you don't do it, that's puzzle. You know, that puzzles me in the long run. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how Billy Bob on Facebook has got more medical credibility than the doctor that's spent, you know, 10 to 15 years of school to learn this stuff and then spent another 30 years in the field. I don't understand, like, I don't know. I'm not going to, I'll sit here and talk about it all day if I keep going. So we'll get back to the list. Uh, So John Johnson was seven. Six on my list. I have Teron Matthew of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, sir. The uh, honey badger himself. Yeah, this is this is your Swiss Army knife. Yes, when now, I can do it all, and yeah. I can t- tell you why I can do it all, and I'm gonna prove it to you. I can see and I'm gonna talk about it in your motherfucking face. And, you're and if you got a problem, if you got a problem with it, you better at me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I can sit in the box. I can sit back in zone. I can play man. I can take your tight end out of the set. I can take your slot receiver out of the set. I'll cover your running back out of the backfield. I'll sit in the quarterback spot on Lamar Jackson. I don't care. I will do it. Uh, honey badger don't care. You know, like that's at all. that is. 
That is a statement that was a meme back when we were in middle school when he was at LSU, and it's a statement that still rings true to this day. This man's almost what? He's he's thirty now. He's he? pushing thirty. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be there soon. It's not there already. He's like twenty nine, thirty. Yeah, yeah. Bro, he's, wow. Time goes by fast when you have fun. That's the truth. That's, That's the truth. truth. Time is a son of a bitch. That dude but. is something special, bro. Like, look, bro. I love my little my little tired Matthew spiel real quick. Mm-hmm. Look. Being a huge Patriots fan, you know what I'm saying, we always have to go against a couple of tough teams. And in the newer years, in the last five years, the Chiefs have been, you know, a Megatron obviously winning the Super Bowl, going back, whatever. Look, bro, if there's one person I know that's is, is huge, bro, it's that man fuck Gronk. That's a big-ass dude, bro. And there's not too many people that's one trying to go lining up one-on-one with him man-to-man, and there's not too many people that's hitting him one-on-one. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take a couple bodies. I've seen Tyron Matthews smack him by himself, bro. Like, I haven't seen... The only person I've ever seen just, like, smack him like Handle. that was Cam Chancellor. Yeah. Like, and, and Tyron Matthews ain't nowhere near the size no, of Cam Chancellor. No. Tyron, Tyron Matthews is like a fraction. Nah, I'm going to say a fraction, but a fraction. He's like 5'10", 5'11". Yeah, he ain't big. Cam was 6'3", 240, smacking shit. Mm-hmm. So... And like we yeah. said, like that that meme that he's different, wild, bro. Black Pfizer, that LSD, like, the honey badger don't care is like how Tyra Matthew plays. Oh yeah, football. big facts. He's like, oh, you're you're six five, two sixty. Yo, you're the most physically dominant tight end of all time. Like, all right, I'm gonna lower my head into your chest. We'll see how you wake up tomorrow morning. See if you feel it. Um, the only thing about Tyra Matthew, you can say, like I said, Swiss Army knife. He's the he's the jack of all trades, the master of none. Like. He's probably honestly up there for the best uh, corner or best safeties when it comes to being a man coverage. But guys play zones better than him. Obviously, guys play better in the box than him. Um, So he does fall down the list a little bit. But like I said, he does it all at a high level. He just doesn't do everything at an elite level, I guess, is the best way I could say Tarmac. He definitely should be. No, I think the only thing I would debate that, I think the best thing that I would say is elite of him is his own coverage. His own coverage is his, second uh, to none, in my opinion. He's definitely... But outside of that, yeah, I would agree. But his own coverage is... Yeah. Definitely. Definitely yeah. up there. What uh, do we got for five? Number five on my list. Honestly, these two guys should be flipping. I'm looking back at it. I have Harrison Smith in my five spot. Yes, sir. That boy is a boomstick. He is the boomstick. <laughs> Him and Jamal Adams are probably the two hardest hitting safeties in the league. Uh, he did take a step back this last year. He's been the consensus best safety in the league for the last two to three years. Um, Harrison Smith's been the guy but like I said the the Vikings defense took a step back last year and a lot had to do with him he took a step back and obviously their pass rush was banged up so when you lose two key components like that it's definitely going to hurt you in the long run Yeah. Uh, so he falls down to five spot on my list um, not much I have to say about him like I said when it comes to playing in the box Harrison Smith does that Like he is the box yeah exactly Look, come in my box and get smacked off get smacked uh, I'm trying to remember who he hit on the sideline. Um, was that Kaepernick? I think it was Colin Kaepernick, actually, yep. back in the day. Mm-hmm. When he was first emerging mm-hmm. as a top safety. And Cap scrambled out, got out to the sideline, and Harrison Smith said, Sit your ass! Nah, for now, real. It like, he was different. He was laying some Cam Chancellor type hits in for a while. So. He be going crazy in Madden, bro. I hate going against him. put a forcer on him, he start to go stupid. He's different. <laughs> He's different. Mm-hmm. So Harrison Smith in my five spot. Four, I have Adrian Amos of the Green Bay Packers. Now this guy is a guy that jumped up my list as of late. He was back there at like six or seven originally. I had a couple guys ahead of him. But when I sit down and look at the numbers, man, Adrian Amos does it. The thing oh, yeah. That, the reason that you don't see Adrian Amos talked about more is because he's not the highlight play guy. There's not a lot of picks, not a lot of hit stick force fumbles, not a lot of strips, nothing like that. Like, Adrian Amos just does the job. Bro. He's like, a very systematic. I know y'all lie to the show, mate. Listen to this shit, bro. What you got? Hold on. We have breaking news, I think. Yeah, I like this transition on the radio, boy. That's what we do around here. I'm not getting this. I can't do that. It's all about the production. No, I can't do that. It's all about the production. Hey, shh, don't tell nobody. But 
Alright, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving, moving. Adrian Amos, like I said. Um, he just does the job, man. In coverage, this guy does it. He doesn't record the highlight play, he doesn't get a lot of interceptions, doesn't get a lot of passes defended, but he is a very, very big reason of why Jerry Alexander has been able to take the step from from elite to almost taking Jalen Ramsey's top spot amongst corners is because he's being able to play so freely at the line of scrimmage. Because he knows if I get burnt two, three times a game, I've got Adrian Amos behind me. And you got to be And I'm I'm quick enough to get back. Yeah. Yeah. Jair's fast. Exactly. So he knows that, like, I can be up here and I can be physical. And, you know, if I get burnt three, four times a game, I know that I'll be able to catch up. And even if I can't catch up before the ball gets to you, I know Adrian's going to be right there. He's got my back. And Adrian Amos does that job extremely well. So that's why I have him at my four spot. Before we get into the top three, Sam, you got something else for us? Mm. Something slight? It's a little something. Something slight. Okay. Something, okay. Something. So, something quick. You know what I'm saying? So, quick little add again. Um, so, this is a little bit different. We're going to shift gears a little, you know what I'm saying? a little more positive mm-hmm. here. So, watch Coach Prime and all access look at one of the greatest coaches and icons in NFL history. We we're talking about Deion Sanders, primetime, the one and only, the GOAT himself at the corner position. Sure. Number two, one, Dallas Cowboy, Atlanta Falcons, all that good jazz. We're coming yeah. in here live. So, getting back to the ad, one of the greatest present icons in NFL history in his first season as a college football coach. In the six-episode documentary episode or series, we followed Deion Sanders' mission on leveling the play field between HBCUs and Power 5 programs. It's prime 